Take my heart. Take my soul. I just want to give my all to God. Just, just God, just, just take me and use me. I, I know there's a lot of people around here, but I, I just want to thank you for what you've done for me. I'm happy to take my life and mold me and shape me. Take my life, break me, mold me, shake me. Praise the Lord, somebody. Judge and jury. 
One thing about words, when you speak words, and when it's gone, and it's not like you can capture it and put it back in your mouth. It's out there. And though you might be sorry that you said it, the words are still out there. So behoove of how you speak to people and, and how you um, use your voice at people, especially when you're agitated. <laughs> okay. What people speak out of their minds has a great effect, not only on their lives, but on others. Just think, some people's lives and careers have been destroyed because of words from other people's mouths. Some people are in jail because of what somebody has said. Somebody's home crying because someone had said something about them to somebody, even though it wasn't true. Uh, words can hurt. They can hurt. Today, uh, we are going to find out the importance of words. Uh, the words of Jesus, who is the living word. In Matthew chapter 17, verses 5b, verse 5b, rather, God says these words, This is my own dear son, with whom I am pleased. Listen to him. I emphasize the last couple of words. Listen to him. In our text for today, we'll find out why God said those words. Words hold the power of life and death. They are more deadly than a gun and more powerful than a nuclear explosion. Yet every day we speak words so casually, sometimes with no thought to what we are really saying and the impact it can have on somebody else, or even more importantly, even ourselves. And so we want to look at the words of Jesus today. <laughs> oh, I love that. We want to look at the words of Jesus today and see what they mean to us. As, as I was looking at our text for today, and I'm quite sure that I preached other texts on Jesus' word, but, but this whole text today has nothing but the words of Jesus. Nobody else says anything. It doesn't come from John. It doesn't come from somebody else. It's all of Jesus' words. It, it excites me. I'm not worthy to even expound on this here, but, but we must go on with this. But I want to see what Jesus has to say. Amen? So I want to talk to you today, I want to use this as my title if I may, the words of life. The words of life. Our text will be John chapter 12, verses 44 through 50, uh, 40, verse 44 through 46, we will look at the joy of accepting the words of life, and in verses 47, 50, we'll look at the, the words of judgment. So I'm going to ask Minister Lord if he will come at this time. He'll read our text for us today. That's the Gospel of John, chapter 12, verses 44 through 50. 
Minister Lloyd, if you please. Stand, up, stand on your feet in reverence for the Word of God, and if you have not already done so, please either turn off your phone or put your phone on mute so that the Word is not stopped. Do I have a hold on? Then I will read unto you to your hearing judgment by Jesus' words. Jesus said in a loud voice, whoever believes in me, believes not only in me, but in him who sent me. Whoever sees me, sees also him who sent me. I have come into the world as the light, so that everyone who believes in me should not remain in darkness. If people hear my message and do not obey it, I will not judge them. I came not to judge the world, but to save it. Those who reject me do not accept my message, have one, have one who will judge them. The words I have spoken will be their judge on the last day. This is true, because I have not spoken from my own authority, but the Father who sent me has commanded me what I must say and speak. And I know that his command brings eternal life. What I say then is what the Father has told me to say. Amen. Amen. Father God, we thank you for this time. We ask the God in you. Spirit, move, move us, open our hearts and our minds that we might be receptive to your holy scriptures today. We thank you for your presence here today. And now, God, we ask that you would speak to us, speak to our hearts and our minds. Help us, O oh God, to understand what thus says the Lord. And now, God, we release ourselves into your hands so that you might have your way with us. It is in the blessed name of Jesus that we say thank you, thank you, and amen. The words of life. First, let us listen again to the Jesus' words of life as they recorded in verse 44 to 46. The text tells us again, uh, Jesus said in a loud voice, whoever believes in me, believes not only in me, but also in him who sent me. Whoever sees me, sees also him who sent me. I have come into the world as light, so that everyone who believes in me should not remain in darkness. And we notice first that Jesus has to say, he says in a loud voice. He didn't whisper it, because what he has to say needs to be heard by everyone. You should not whisper life giving and life saving words. Uh, Jesus' words are too important not to hear. Uh, Jesus is challenging those who 
believe in God, but do not believe in him. And he even intensifies that challenge when he says, whoever sees me sees also him who sent me. There are many who believe in God, but do not believe in Jesus. Jesus is saying, unless you believe in me, you cannot believe in God. Amen, somebody. Oof. The main factor that determines whether we accept Jesus' words, of course, is the Holy Spirit. We know that. But it also depends on the condition of our hearts. Depends on the condition of our hearts. Jesus explains all this in the parable of the soul, one of the great parables in the Bible. I call it one of the great parables in the Bible because all of us are fit one of these. <laughs> all of us fit into one of these that Jesus goes through in this parable of the soul. Not only us, but the whole world really fits into one of these here. And so it behooves us to kind of listen to what Jesus is saying here. Uh, you don't have to go to it. I'll read it for you in a brief time. In Matthew chapter 13, 1 to 9, the text tells us that the same day Jesus left the house and he went to the lakeside where he sat down to teach. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and he sat in it while the crowd stood on the shore. And it says that he used parables to tell them many things. And he says this parable, and I want us to listen to what he says. Again, we all fit one of these. Once there was a man who went out to sow grain. And as he scattered the seed in the field, some of it fell along the path. And the birds came and ate it up. And some of it fell on rocky ground where there was little soil. The seed soon sprouted because the soil was deep. But when the sun came up, it burned the young plants and because the roots had not grown deep enough, the plant soon dried up. Some of the seeds fell around, fell among thorn bushes which grew up and choked the plants. But some seeds fell on good soil and the plants bore grains. Some had 100 grains, others 60, and others 30. And Jesus concluded, listen then if you have ears. Listen then if you have ears. Ah. The heart, or I call it the soul, the condition of the heart depends on whether we accept Jesus or not. I like to do that one day with my lawn. I got the lawn and it was dry. And I put some seeds on the lawn, but those seeds didn't do nothing but stay on top of the lawn. They didn't go on. Why? You couldn't go down into the soil because why? Because the soil was hard. They couldn't go down in there. But if it had rained, and then somebody had rained and put the seed in it, then they would have worked their way down in there. Well, some people's hearts are, are, are like 
hard soil, the word of God bounces off of it. Doesn't penetrate. And then some people's heart is like that uh, wet soil where the, the seed, the word, the seed of God hits it and it, it goes in and starts germinating and, and they come out shouting hallelujah, praise the Lord, glory to God and all that because the word of God has gotten down deep into them. But the elders are looking all around and they don't know anything because the, the seed is just laying on top of the ground. It has to penetrate. It has to penetrate. It has to penetrate. Uh, but Jesus explains this parable himself. Praise the Lord. He doesn't need anybody to expound on it, but he does it himself. And I'm, I'm so glad. He explains the parable of the sower in Matthew chapter 13, verses 18 through 23, where he says again, listen then. Isn't it funny that he, Jesus says, listen then twice. God says, listen to my son. And Jesus says, listen then, listen, or listen to me. It seems like we would listen every now and then. Amen, somebody. If he said listen, that's what he means, listen. He's telling us to listen because he wants his words to penetrate. So in Matthew 13, uh, chapter 13, verses 18 to 23, he says, listen then and learn what the parable of the sower means. Those who hear the message of the kingdom but do not understand it are like the seeds that fell along the path. And the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown on them. The seeds that fell on rocky ground stand for those who receive the message gladly as soon as they hear it, but it does not sink deep in them, and they don't last long. So when trouble or persecution come because of the message, they give up at once. The seeds that fell among thorn bushes stand for those who hear the message, but the worries about this life and the love of riches choke the message and they don't bear fruit. And the seeds sown in the good soil stand for those who hear the message and understand it and they bear fruit. Some as much as 100, others 60, and others 30. We all fit in there somewhere. <laughs> we all fit in there somewhere. It's just where do we fit in? And only we know that, don't we? And so, of course, only we, and, and God knows it too, so there's two of us. Yeah. So the question is, how do we improve the soil or our hearts? How do we improve it? If I've got a rocky heart, if my heart is hard, uh, like a hot earth. How do I prove it? How can I uh, get it softened up so I can receive the word? How, how do I do that? We do this by increasing our Bible study in our prayer life. I know somebody said, oh, there you go, Pastor again, talking about Bible study and prayer life. Yes, I am. Because that's what's going to open up your heart. You've got to have the word of God in you. You've got to be able to communicate with God. When you're on your last leg and all you see is darkness all around and nobody can help you, 
You got to be able to, you got to have the faith that when you talk to your God, that your God hears you. You can't be thinking about wondering whether I wonder if he hears me. No, that is too late then. You can't be wondering. You got to know that God will hear you. And you know that God will hear you when you study his word, you study about him, and you know he, he, he all through the Bible, God has heard the word, the prayer of his saints. He heard the word, prayer of his people. You got to know when you're in trouble that you can go to somebody and he can help you. You can call your neighbor, you can call your friend, you can call family friend, but, but when you call God, their phone might be busy. I'll tell you one thing. God's phone is never busy. You can be here. You can be in Europe. You can be in California somewhere. You can be under the ocean. You can be in an airplane. God hears your prayer. When you speak to God, God hears you. That's as if you open up your heart to God. He hears you. God enrolled Moses in his Bible class at the burning bush and he changed Moses' life. He changed Moses', Moses soil from good soil, from bad soil to good soil and he changed his life. God was preparing the soil in Abraham's heart for years because Abraham listened and at 75, he left and went on his journey. Prayer changed Daniel's heart to such an extent that not even the lions could overcome him. I tell you, if our hearts are right and our soil is good, Jesus' words will change our whole lives. Come on, somebody. Somebody knows what I'm talking about here. God says, listen to him. Don't hear him. Listen to him. We hear a lot of things. But you've got to learn how to listen. Listen intently. I want to hear everything that Jesus says. I want to hear. I want to hear every single word that he says. Because every word has meaning. Listen to me. Ooh, thank you, Jesus. Now, please understand that Jesus' words of life can also be words of judgment to an unresponsive heart. In verses 47 and 50 of our sermon text, Jesus says, If people hear my message and they do not obey it, I will not judge them. I came not to judge the world, but to save it. Those who reject me and do not accept my message have one who will judge them. The words that I have spoken will be their judge. The words that I have spoken will be their judge on the last day. Oh, this is true because I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me has commanded me what I must say and speak. And now, and I know that his command brings eternal life. What I say then is what the Father has told me to say. 
God is constantly talking to us every single day. God is talking to us. So, well, I don't hear God talk because you're not listening. You're not listening. God speaks to us every day from the time we get up to the time we go to bed. God is constantly speaking to us through things, through words, through other people. God is constantly speaking to us. And we are constantly, some of us, just blowing it off. I hear this, but oh, that, 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 that can't be God. I hear that, but I'm not going to do that because it doesn't sound right. We constantly find excuses why we can't do things when God is pushing us forward. That's why God loved Jesus so much. Every single thing that God told Jesus to do, he did. And he lived a life of prayer, a prayerful life. And a life of obedience because he heard what God was speaking to him. And then he came down to earth to show us how it's done. Amen, somebody. I know we get to feel sometimes that, well, yeah, well, that was the apostles and that was Jesus. That was them. No, 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 no. The same God that was with Jesus is the same God that is here today, right in this sanctuary. God is not a respecter of people. God says, if you obey me, I will bless your life. And I know we go through some times, sometimes with things of trouble like that. That does not mean that God has left you. Because God has something for all of us to do. And God, the final thing on the last day, God wants us to be in heaven with him. That's why he sent Jesus. Whew. I know sometimes God says, why are they so hard here? Don't they understand that I love them? Don't they understand that I love them? Don't they understand that the, the house that I gave them, I, the house that they live in, I gave them, the, the car that I, they live in, I gave them, the breath that they took, I gave them the breath that they took. Their children, their mothers, their fathers, their grandfathers, their grandmothers, I gave them. Don't they understand that I love them? Don't they understand that? Every day I speak to them. Every day I speak to them. And all I get sometimes a weak response, sometimes, not even sometimes, not even a response. I give them my word, and the word stays on the coffee table collecting dust. But they call me, they call me when they get sick, they call me when someone has died, they call me. And I don't mind doing it then, but, but I want to hear from them every day. I love them. I want them. I want to hear from them. It was nothing to say but good morning, God. Good morning. Thank you for this day, Father. Thank you for this day. Thank you for my life. Thank you for this day, Father. You don't have to want something all the time. Just say, I love you, Lord. Just break up say, I love you, Lord. Sometime when you're driving, just pull your car over to the side and say, God, I love you. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. I love you. Then get back in your car and drive for more. God wants it. That's what they did in the Old Testament. That's what they did in the New Testament. 
They spent their time glorifying, magnifying God because God was good to them. And they wanted him to know it. And Jesus says that the words that he has spoken will be will be people's judge on the last day. For instance, John 14, 6 says, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody goes to the Father except by me. And, and suppose someone says on the last day, I didn't know any better. I wasn't of a clear mind. Uh, it would not make a difference. Jesus' words is judging Jared. There's no appeal courts in heaven. We, either, we are either responsive or unresponsive to his word. Again, that is why God says in Matthew 17, 5b, this is my own dear son with whom I am pleased. Listen to him. And God says this a number of times in the Bible. I think it's three times in the Bible. He says, listen to him. In other words, get your Bible out and listen if you want to be with me and I want you to be with me. Get your Bible out and read your Bible. I want you to be, pray to me. I want to talk with you. I want to have some kind of communication with you. You see, Jesus is the living word of God. Hebrews 4, uh, chapter 4, verses 12 to 13 tells us the word of God is alive and active sharper than any double-edged sword. It cuts all the way through to where the soul and the spirit meet, to where joints and marrow come together. It judges the desires and thoughts of the heart. I, 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 I just got to stop there. It judges the desires and thoughts of the heart. There is nothing that can be hid from God. Everything in all creation is exposed and lies open to his eyes. It is to him that we must all give an account of ourselves. <laughs> I, I, I go in the store sometimes. Sometimes I see people in there who, who I know and sometimes they're doing something that, that's not godly and they, they try to hide from me and they, and what I do, I just walk away from it so they won't be embarrassed. I just keep walking so they don't see me. But I'm only a man. I'm talking about God. God sees all of that. You can't hide from God what you do. You can't hide from God in, 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 a, in some club or around a table or something like that. You can't hide from God. God knows all you do. God knows what you think before you even think it. Right now, God knows what you're going to do before you even know yourself what you're going to do. What happens tomorrow, God already knows about tomorrow. He already knows about next week. He knows what's going to happen in your life next week. The next minute, he knows what's going to happen in your life. He knows all the things. He knows everything. That's why I keep saying you've got to stay prayed up. You've got to stay in the Bible. Because this life is fleeting. It's fleeting. You're here today and gone tomorrow. Or here this minute, gone the next minute. Some people have left work and never made it home. Some people have left church and never made it home. You don't know when tragedy is going to strike. You don't know. But one thing you do know, that we have a loving, powerful God who loves us. That's one thing I know. 
The writer of Hebrews tells us that God's word judges the desires and, and the thoughts of our heart. One of the reasons that some people do not attend Bible study or on a regular basis or worship service on a regular basis is because the word of God convicts their hearts and it makes them look at themselves and their lives according to God's word. And it's not a good feeling sometimes. It's not a good feeling sometimes. But they fail to realize that it is a good thing because a convicted heart leads to repentance in the name of Jesus which will lead them to a right relationship with Jesus which will lead them to eternal life in the name of Jesus it's good to be convicted in your heart it's good because you can't hide it anyhow yeah convict me God convict me so I can change my life Consider the criminal on the cross in Luke 23, 42, when he said to Jesus, uh, remember me, Jesus, when you come as king. Jesus told him in verse 43, I promise you that today you will be with me in paradise. A convicted heart. The criminal knew that he was wrong. He said, I, 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 I know that I'm wrong here, but, but Jesus, uh, just, just remember me. That's all I ask. Just remember. No, I'm not worthy to come with you, but if you could just remember me, that's all. I don't need anything else. Just remember me. Jesus said, well, I'll do more than that. <laughs> I'll do more than that. Today, today, you're going to be with me in paradise. Because he repented, because his heart was convicted, and the same God that did that does it to us today. Oh, if we fall on our knees and say, God, I'm sorry, forgive me for the, my sins in the name of Jesus, your life will open up like a bolt of lightning coming into your life. It won't seem as anything has changed, but your whole life has changed. And, you, and, you, and every day, it'll get a little better. Every day, it'll get a little better. And pretty soon, you'll find yourself giving God all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise, and all the things that used to be, that, that you thought were, were, were a big part of your life, they mean absolutely nothing. Only a relationship with Jesus means something. Because I can call on him. I can call on him in the midnight hour. When my children need help and they're thousands of miles away, I can call on him. Oh, yes, I can. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. When my body is wrapped with pain and, and I don't know how I'm going to go, and even the medication doesn't work, I can call on him and he'll answer me. Oh, there's nothing like Jesus. There's nothing like a relationship with Jesus. There's nothing like that. Nothing like that. He will make you love your enemies. Yes, he will. <laughs> Consider Peter, who cried tears of repentance from a convicted heart after denying Jesus not once, not twice, but three times. Three times. I don't know the man. Yet he spent three years with him. I don't know what you're talking about. Peter crying like a baby when the rooster started crying. Text tells us in Matthew 26, 74, C to 75, the text tells us just then a rooster crowed and, and Peter remembered what Jesus had told him. Before the roosters crow, you will say three times that you do not know me. 
he went on and cried bitterly and now Peter is with the Lord amen tears of repentance from a convicted heart we have to open ourselves up to Jesus there can be no secret from Jesus no secret from God when we go to prayer to God we lay our life on the line help me father help me I need help look at Moses in Numbers 20 chapter 20 verse 8 where God tells Moses to speak to the rock and it will provide water for the people but in verse 11 Moses strikes the rock not once but twice in disobedience to God's word and God tells Moses in verse 12 because you did not have enough faith to acknowledge my holy power before the people of Israel you will not lead them into the promised land that I promised to give them Moses, who, who Jesus says was the most humblest, who God says was the most humblest man on the planet. Moses, who spoke to God one-on-one. -on -one. Moses, whom God loved because he was disobedient. God says, you won't go into the promised land. Because Moses struck the rock. Because the people got under Moses' skin. And Moses made a fatal mistake. Because of the people. But we know God is good. Amen, somebody. We know God is good. Because we know that in Matthew 17, 3, <laughs> when Jesus is on the Mount of Transfiguration, Jesus is there. And guess who's talking to Jesus? Moses and Elijah. <laughs> oh, my God is able. My God is able. He was dead, but now he's alive. Somewhere between the, between what Moses did and between God uh, called on Moses repented some kind of way and God forgave him. Our God is a forgiving God. I don't care what you've done in your past like I don't care how bad you are. It can't get too bad for God. God says if you would just open up your life I will bless your life. Just come to me. Amen somebody. God is good. I said God is good. I tell you, whenever the word of God is violated, there has to be genuine repentance in the name of Jesus for a restoration to take place. Saying sorry is not good enough. Doing good works is not good enough. Only repentance of sin and in the name of Jesus can one be restored to God. And when one is restored to God, let me, let me, let me say this again. When one is restored to God, when you wake up in the morning, when you wake up in the morning, you say, good morning, Lord. Your life is blessed. God is watching you every step of the way. Wherever you go, all day long, God is watching you. That doesn't mean everything's going to be well. But God is watching you. And he'll only let so much happen to you before he steps in. Amen, somebody. And so you have to hold on. You have to hold on. Our God is able. It's nothing like uh, being having a relationship with God because when you have a relationship with God, you can do things that you thought you couldn't do before. Amen. You could do things you had no idea you could do. And knowing only that, you know that when you pray to your God, God will hear you. He will hear every word you say. Oh, praise the Lord, somebody. I, 
I, I get excited sometimes when I'm talking about the Father because the Father is so good. If you don't know him for yourself, you ought to know him today. You're going to have the chance to know him in a little while. You can know who he is because he is worthy. And I don't care what you've heard. I don't care what you've read. I don't care what the world has told you. I don't care all the stuff you see here. None of that makes any difference because God sits on the throne and he controls this whole world. Nothing is beyond his scope. Nothing is beyond his scope. And I'm telling you, when you call out the name of Jesus, God's ears perk up when he hears the name of his son. Not only that, but his son is sitting at the right side of God right now, pleading and praying for his people. I tell you, our God is an awesome God. I said our God is an awesome God. Our God is the one who can raise the dead. He raises the, he can raise the dead. He can make the blind see. He can make the lame walk. God is worthy of our praise today. And all I want to do is give God some praise today. But he's worthy of praise today. And I don't care. I don't care. He is my everything. And I'm going to lift him up with all the time I do. I'm going to lift him up because he's worthy of all praise. I said he's worthy with all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. I want somebody to help me praise my God today. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. 